Please rise. We continue with the opening versicles that's on page 260. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. From the rising of the sun to its setting, the name of the Lord is to be praised. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful. Slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and repents of all evil. Jesus said, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Christ was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The rising of the sun to its setting. The name of the Lord is to be praised. Glory be, Glory to, the be Father, to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy, and to the Holy Spirit, Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Please be seated. Is there any music tonight? Special music? Okay. Excuse me. Our reading from Holy Scripture tonight comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 6, verses 5 through 14, in which Jesus teaches his disciples to pray. Jesus said, And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to, to, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by men. I tell you the truth, they have received the reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like the pagans, for they think that they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. This is the gospel of our Lord. We continue with Lent responsory number two in the service of prayer and preaching. We have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the Righteous One. Blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. We have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the Righteous One. Please turn to page 323, and you will find the explanation to the introduction to the Lord's Prayer, page 323. And we will recite that together again. That's page 323, the explanation to the introduction of the Lord's Prayer. With these words, God tenderly invites to believe that he is our true father and that we are his true children, so that with all boldness and confidence, we may ask him as dear children ask their dear father. Now turn to page 325, and you will find the conclusion of the Lord's Prayer, the explanation. 
and we recite together that explanation. This means that I should be certain that these petitions are pleasing to our Father in heaven and are heard by him, for he himself has commanded us to pray in this way and has promised to hear us. Amen. Amen means, yes, yes, it shall be so. Will you all pray with me, please? Dear Lord, may the meditations of our hearts and the words of my mouth be pleasing in your sight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Grace, mercy, and peace to you this evening from God our Father and to the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. A father had begun the practice of bringing home gifts for his children every time that he had to be away on business. Sometimes the gifts would be as simple as a pin from a town or a country that he had visited. Sometimes it would be a toy or a stuffed animal. But over time, his kids came to expect those gifts from him. And so upon entering the door of the house, pretty soon the children would come up running to their father, hug him, welcome him home, and then ask, what did you bring us? Now is it so bad that our children ask, what did you bring us? Is it purely out of selfishness or entitlement? I don't think so. For you see, the father had taught them to expect something by bringing gifts home from every trip. They learned that this is what dad does. And dad does this because he loves us. In a similar way, that is how it is with our heavenly father. Martin Luther points out, as we have seen in the creed, that God has withheld nothing from us. He has given us himself and his entire creation. He then gave us his only begotten Son. He then gave us his Holy Spirit and the age to come. No wonder then that he urges us to run to God and ask him for his blessings with, quote, all boldness and confidence as dear children ask their dear Father. You see, God has tenderly invited us to do so. And there are two points to make about this. The first point is that to pray is to ask. This is the essence of prayer. It goes to the very heart of prayer. Now that may sound odd to us. In fact, it may sound a lot like gimme, gimme, gimme. And it isn't that rather self-centered and selfish. Well, in terms of our human relationships, it can certainly reveal a sense of entitlement. We deserve it and we ought to have it. But when it comes to our relationship with God, it actually reveals something of our actual situation before God. You see, we will never be in a position where we are independent and don't need everything from God. Let me repeat that last line one more time. We will never be in a position where we are independent and don't need things, everything, from God. As we have seen in previous weeks, this reflects our actual situation before God. Well, to borrow the words from the Apostle Paul, what do we have that we have not already received? I did not deserve to be born. I did not merit it. 
I did not deserve or merit this life that I have. God did not owe it to me. Instead, I received it all as a gift. I exist as a gift from God, as a gift of God. And so my life is completely dependent upon God. I live from the gifts of God. This is what it means to be a creature and not the creator. You see, I will never be in a situation where I do not need food, drink, family and friends, good weather, or health for my body. And so God tenderly invites us to ask. Note the petition on daily bread. But at the same time, I'm a fallen, sinful creature. I stand before God as one who needs to be cleansed from sin, constantly restored to God's favor and grace. Here it may seem anything but natural to go before God and ask for forgiveness, and with it, a new lease on life. And yet it is especially here, precisely at this point, that God approaches us and, quote, tenderly invites us to call him Father. I once read a book by an author who said something that I, I still remember to this day. He said, have we been so numb, have we been so jaded by the course of religious rhetoric that we have forgotten that God actually has tender feelings for you and for me? And he does this so that he might not frighten us off or chase us off, but he extends his hand that we might take it. And because of Jesus, we have been adopted as his children, and because of the Holy Spirit of his Son who goes into our hearts, we can cry out, Abba, Father. As long as we live in this current age, there is not a moment in which we breathe when we do not need to ask for God's forgiveness and his favor. But we are bold to do so on account of Jesus. And so in the very prayer that Jesus has taught us, what does he give us? Well, he gives us seven petitions, seven requests. He seeks to have us open our arms wide, much like a child on Halloween opening a pillowcase wide to receive as much candy as possible. Yet prayer is no easy task in this life. And this is not just because we have many doubts. It's because in prayer, we place ourselves on the front line of the battle between God and Satan. You have heard me say this before, but every day there is a war that goes on for your soul. For you see, the moment that the Spirit enters our hearts and kindles faith in God, at the very moment we then turn to God, crying, Abba, Father. At that moment, we turn our backs on Satan. And Satan regards that as a declaration of war. Nothing infuriates him, nothing infuriates him more than to have someone freed from his captivity and returned home as an heir of the Creator. You see, he sets out with all of his efforts to deprive us of our faith, to destroy our faith, and thus turn us against the one who created us and redeemed us. Thus it is in prayer that we especially encounter the struggles of faith. You see, the struggle of the Christian life does not take place before faith. The struggle begins 
with the birth of faith. This situation was captured wonderfully by C.S. Lewis in his book called The Screwtape Letters. Some of you may be familiar with it. If you aren't, here is how the book goes. The book is about an apprentice devil whose name is Wormwood. Wormwood has been assigned the task of looking after a young man who is not a Christian. Wormwood's task is to make sure that the man does not become a Christian. And as long as the man is not a Christian, Wormwood's task is pretty easy. But one day, the man meets a young Christian woman. And as their relationship develops, the young man becomes intrigued by Christianity. And well, now, Wormwood really has to kick it into gear to find ways of not only preventing the young man from becoming a Christian, but once he does so, to bring him back into Satan's clutches. The book, then, is a collection of letters written by Wormwood to his uncle, Screwtape, a senior devil, as he seeks advice on how to keep this young man from becoming a Christian and how to destroy his faith once he does become a Christian. So it is with us. In each of the seven petitions, we pray above all for the most precious gift that God can give to us. And that gift, of course, is faith. For the gift of faith is the very relationship that God intends us to have. And we pray against unbelief, against all the attempts by Satan to undermine our faith and to tear us from the gifts and the love of God. Satan knows his time is short. And since he knows that, he pulls out all of the stops. He holds nothing back. It begins with trying to undermine the word and the name of God. It continues to undermining faith in that word. He even seeks to keep us from receiving our daily bread, the necessities of daily life, in peace and with thanks. The Bible describes Satan as a roaring lion, prowling around looking for someone to devour. But have you ever noticed that rarely, does this involve a frontal attack by him? An attack that we can prepare for and defend ourselves from. Instead, temptation comes sneaking upon us and attacks us from behind. Put another way, temptation ambushes us in such a way that we never saw it coming. That's how I think it often happens with Christians who fall away from Christ. You see, they never intended for it to happen. They never wanted it to happen. It just happened. Perhaps they moved to a new city for a job, and they had to find a new doctor, a new dentist, new stores, new church, and new friends. And they attend church a few weeks, then they miss a few weeks, attend it one week, then miss it for five weeks, and before they realize it, they're not attending at all. God has become distant, and he has drifted off of their radar screen. Put another way, it is rare for a person to wake up one morning and decide to renounce his or her faith. Instead, they drifted away from it, and they didn't even realize 
So we pray, preserve us from this, dear Lord. This is why the Apostle Paul exhorts his readers, his listeners. Therefore, let anyone who thinks that he stands take heed, lest he fall. But this Lenten season, as we journey toward Good Friday and Easter, we see that we do not stand alone. There is one who goes into battle before us, ahead of us, one who wins the victory, not only the battle, but the war. See the hymn, A Mighty Fortress. He is the one we follow. He is the one who fights for us, and so his victory is our victory. He has given us his word that we hold tightly onto so that no one can snatch us out of his hands. And he is the one who has given us the privilege to run to our Heavenly Father, the same one who created and rules over every galaxy, every star, every planet, and every living creature. It is for this reason that Martin Luther can describe prayer as our greatest weapon in the fight against Satan. Let me say that one more time. It is for this reason that Martin Luther can describe prayer as our greatest weapon in the fight against Satan. For in prayer, we enlist the aid and the support and the power of our Heavenly Father. In the name of Jesus, amen. We now sing our next hymn, which is number 436, Go to Dark Gethsemane. Number 436, 436.
so at this time, we collect our tithes and offerings. Now is a good time to fill out that red sign-in book that is in uh, the pew that you are sitting in. As we have kind of begun the practice of, if you would, the book begins on the inside of the aisle side of the pew. The last person to receive it as it goes towards the windows, if you would send it back, and then the last person on this side, um, please tear off the top sheet and set it on the top of the red book so that the, uh, the um, elders, when they come through, can just pick it up and bring it to the office. So with that, we collect our tithes and offerings. The Lutheran Hour is our church's witness in the public marketplace. To learn more about the inspirational Lutheran Hour ministry, visit www.lutheranhour.org. Listen to the Lutheran Hour program each Sunday on a station near you. Trinity offers a children's Sunday school and adult Bible studies at 8.45 a.m. each Sunday morning in the cafeteria and fellowship hall of the school. A men's Bible study meets each Wednesday morning at 6.30 a.m. in the chapel. Additional study groups include Ladies Tuesday Evening Bible Study at 7 p.m. at the home of Tony Overman. Ladies Afternoon Bible Study meets the first and third Mondays at 1 p.m. For more information regarding the Bible study groups, contact the church office at 417-235-7300. We now rejoin the congregation in prayer. Please rise as we go to our Lord in prayer. We will follow the prayer that is in the service of prayer and preaching. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the gift of divine pardon and, and for the gift of divine peace and of pardon, with all our hearts and with all our minds, let us pray to the Lord. For the Holy Christian Church, here and scattered throughout the world, and for the proclamation of the gospel and the calling of all to faith, let us pray to the Lord. For this nation, for our cities and communities, and for the common welfare of us all, let us pray to the Lord. For seasonable weather, and for the fruitfulness of the earth, let us pray to the Lord. For those who labor, for those whose work is difficult or dangerous, and for all who travel, let us pray to the Lord. For all those in need, for the hungry and homeless, for the widowed and orphaned, for all those in prison, let us pray to the Lord. <clears throat> for the sick and the dying, for all those who care for them, 
Let us pray to the Lord. For all those that we know who are suffering, whether it be physically, spiritually, or emotionally. For all those that we, that we know who do not yet know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. We pray especially for those in the silence of our hearts. Let us pray to the Lord. Finally, for these and for all of our needs of body and soul, let us pray to the Lord. <clears throat> Holy God, our lives are laid open before you. Rescue us from the chaos of sin and through the death of your Son. Bring us healing and make us whole in Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Blessed Lord, you have caused all holy scriptures to be written for our learning. Grant that we may so hear them, read, mark, learn, and take them to heart. That, but the patience and comfort of your holy word, we may embrace, never hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And we pray together Luther's evening prayer. <clears throat> I thank you, my heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have graciously kept me this day. And I pray that you would forgive me all my sins where I have done wrong, and graciously keep me this night. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul in all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Let us bless the Lord. The Almighty and merciful Lord, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, bless and preserve you. Please be seated. And we sing our closing hymn, Come to Calvary's Holy Mountain, number 435. 435, Come to Calvary's Holy Mountain, 435.
It has been our pleasure to bring you this worship service from Trinity Lutheran Church in Freistadt, Missouri. We pray that you have benefited spiritually from this service and invite you to worship with the members of Trinity next Sunday morning at 10 a.m. If you are not able to be with us in person, we invite you to listen by means of our broadcasts on KKBL-FM 95.9 Aurora, Missouri, or www.freistatradio.com, where you can listen to a live stream or a podcast of our, a prior service. We commend you to the loving care of our gracious Heavenly Father. May His love surround you, and His mercy be evident to you in all things. Your announcer has been Parker Shane, and we now conclude this broadcast.